Five years ago, one of the world's largest truck makers surprised the trucking industry when it completed a demonstration in which a specially equipped rig made its first journey down a highway without a driver touching a single control. I was there in Europe when it happened covering the event for a trucking magazine. This manufacturer also announced plans to have autonomous trucks, those completely without drivers, hitting the market as early as 2025. Since then, many other truck makers have jumped on the autonomous trucking bandwagon, and there have been many startup technology providers also setting up shop. However, more recently, talk about autonomous trucks has changed dramatically. This is Eyes on the Road presented by PrePass Safety Alliance, the provider of PrePass way station bypass and toll payment services. PrePass also includes informed dashboards for improving safety scores and lowering toll-related costs. I'm Evan Lockridge, and thanks for tuning in. Since the concept of autonomous trucks roared on the scene in 2014, it's been one of the biggest news stories in trucking, and for good reason. If it were to happen, this would represent one of the biggest changes ever to take place in the industry. Of course, drivers have been concerned about what autonomous trucks mean for their future. Plus, fleets have asked numerous times, what are these new trucks going to cost? While there have been bigger and bolder announcements made by trucking and technology providers about the future of autonomous trucks. That is until lately, and there are increasing indications self-driving trucks may not arrive as soon as many were saying earlier. Joining me to talk about where all this is heading and what developments we're likely to see out of autonomous truck technology is Jack Roberts. He's senior editor at Heavy Duty Trucking Magazine and TruckingInfo.com. He's a commercial license holder who frequently takes out trucks for road tests and reports on them. He joins me from his office in Tuscaloosa, Alabama by phone, the home of his favorite football team and mine, the University of Alabama Crimson Tide. Roll Tide, Jack. Roll Tide, Evan. Let's hope we're, uh, I think we'll be in the hunt this year for another national championship. Maybe we won't uh, mess up right at the end like we did last year. Absolutely. Well, before we get to talking about where all this autonomous truck technology is really heading, let's give people some background. And I think probably the best place to start is the different levels of autonomous trucks as defined by the Society of Automotive Engineers, SAE, which is the industry standard for defining truck autonomy. Briefly, Jack, what are the different levels and what do they mean? Well, Evan, as you know, engineers love to overly complicate things, and the autonomy, autonomous vehicle levels are no different. Really, this is just a common sense sort of labeling system for the advancing degrees of technology that come into place on an autonomous vehicle. You have level one, for example, which is as simple as a cruise control, sort of the cruise control systems that we grew up with. You know, it, you dial in a certain speed number on the dial, it holds it to that level as closely as possible. You get up to, say, level three systems where we are, and we'll talk about this in just a minute. Level three systems, you're starting to talk about advanced driver safety systems. You're talking about passive cruise controls. It's not just a cruise control that holds the speed. It can adapt to situations around them. And you get up to, finally, level four, where the vehicle is largely driving itself up the highway without any human interaction, but you do have a driver on board to sort of monitor the situation. And then level five is the peak of the mountain where you have no humans on board. You basically have a mobile robot working its way down a roadway without any humans at all on board. Maybe not even a cab or uh, any sort of accommodation for a human at some point. 
Now, in your truckinginfo.com blog, you wrote that upper levels of truck autonomy, four and five, may not arrive as soon as some more optimistic forecasters have predicted in the past. What's the story here, Jack, and who did you talk to? Evan, I've talked to a bunch of industry insiders, and I do this all the time. Uh, I recently talked to uh, Anthony Lewandowski. He's sort of got a very patchwork quilted career, but he was, he's was he been with autonomous vehicle developments from the very beginning with uh, Google, Uber. He sort of bounces around all over the place. He has his own uh, startup now called Pronto AI, working on uh, various systems. Hendrickson, we've got a guy named Jeff Sass. He's now at Hendrickson, but he spent many years at uh, Navistar, and he sort of commented recently at the HDTX uh, fleet conference in Scottsdale, Arizona, that he saw some of these autonomous predictions being dialed back. Uh, recently talked to Michael Fleming. He's the CEO of Torque Robotics, recently acquired by Daimler Trucks. And he did the same thing. And I think what's really happened here is these, these guys are all true believers, Evan. They, they have no doubt in their minds that one day there will be level five autonomous vehicles rolling up and down our highways with no humans on board. But these are massively complicated problems. Computers and robots do repetitive tasks in controlled environments extremely well. Now, when you get out on a road with a lot of vehicles, hundreds of vehicles around at different speeds, different trajectories going off on different directions, it's it's a very difficult problem for our current computers to solve. Weirdly enough, the organic computers in our heads are great at this stuff. We can calculate all this stuff and keep track of it normally fairly well. Uh, So there's a learning curve there, but I think a part of this, and I'm not going to suggest that they all sort of got together and plan this out, but I think there is sort of a growing recognition among the autonomous technology developers that this is pretty this is pretty heady stuff and people have been mildly freaked out about it ever since we first started talking about cars and trucks that could drive themselves up the road. So I think what we're seeing, Evan, is this sort of idea that maybe the best way to go about introducing this technology is to bring it in in stages, let people get comfortable with it, understand what's going on. And it also gives the developers time to perfect their systems. And as you know, you, you perfect one system and it helps you perfect whatever you're working on for the future. So So I think that's where we are at the moment. I think we will eventually get to level four and five vehicles. I tend to personally think it will happen faster than most people in the industry do, but we are clearly seeing a more gradual, um, I would even say logical approach to implementing and introducing the technologies today. Well, let me ask you this. How fast do you think all this technology is then going to be developed? Evan, we're already seeing vehicles that have level three systems on them now. Daimler made a big splash earlier this year when they introduced the latest Cascadia Class 8 long-haul tractor. It comes standard with level three uh, autonomous systems on the vehicle. These are systems that are designed to help the driver be safer be more productive, be less stressed out. And I've said repeatedly that for all the angst about, you know, robots taking truck driving jobs away from people, I'm, I'm convinced that in the early stages of introducing this technology, most drivers will like these systems quite a bit. They do help them be safer. 
they do help them uh, manage stress better. They can take over some of the uh, stressful, repetitive tasks that drivers have to do, watching their sides, watching their rears. They can help them do those things. They can help them uh, mitigate collisions from slower moving vehicles in front of them, things like that. So we've got leaders like Daimler is leading with the level three technology. Now Volvo just introduced a fully autonomous a logistics tug. That tug is now working in autonomous conditions in Gothenburg, Sweden, moving materials around the port. And then you have the other OEMs that are sort of looking at it uh, to varying degrees, one degree or another. They don't tend to be moving ahead as quickly as Daimler and Volvo, which we sh it is very important to point out that these are both European companies where they are somewhat ahead of us in terms of both uh, comfort level with autonomous technology and the level of technology that they have introduced. The Mercedes Actros tractor in Europe is uh, it's a, it's cousin of the Freightliner truck. It is their heavy haul, uh, long haul truck tractor in Europe. It's got more. Uh, it's closer to level four autonomy, I believe, on the vehicle. It's got more systems on it than the American truck. So um, middle ground, I think right now we're in a stage where increasingly drivers are going to like these systems and expect to see them on new model trucks. And from there, I think, we'll, as I said, we'll get into a stair-step approach where we'll start seeing more and more and more of this technology. I think competitive pressure, if these systems prove to be affordable and the drivers like them as much as I predict they will, uh, you'll start to see market forces come into play, and some of the other OEMs will start to introduce their own versions of this technology as well. You mentioned one thing, affordability. One thing I have not seen very much in all this reporting over the past few years about autonomous truck technology is the cost. doesn't matter whether you're buying one truck or a thousand trucks. People want to know how much this is going to cost. What are we talking about as far as affordability, Jack? Yeah, you're right. And I think pricing is probably a factor in some of this uh, stepping back from the uh, the headlong rush into autonomous technology as well. These systems are very expensive. Um, they tend to be one, two, three, four off systems at the moment. We're not getting any economies of scale in play from production. So yeah, cost is probably a factor. Numbers are all over the map. I've seen it could double the price of a truck. It could, you know, add, you know, uh, 50% to the price of a truck. So it's really hard to sort of quantify it at the moment. I think that's another reason, like I said, that we're seeing sort of this graduated approach to putting the technology on. Let's put it on in bits and pieces where the fleets can see the return on investment, whether it's through reduced insurance premiums, reduced, uh, you know, payouts, litigation, you know, from accidents, collisions, that sort of thing, uh, reduced driver turnover. And when we get long-term uh, with, say, level four and level five systems, you are talking about some wildly expensive uh, systems. But at that point, and this is where everybody sort of gets scared and you get a cold chill down your spine, you're talking about taking humans out of the equation. So if you're paying a driver, you know, I don't know, $60,000 a year, $80,000 a year, health care, PTO days, all the stuff that goes into that, and you suddenly take all of that money out of the equation and it drops to the bottom line, well, you know, that's that's sort of pure undistilled capitalism at work right there. And, you know, you can, you know, like it or not, there is a business case that would support a fairly substantial price increase uh, in this technology. But we're not there yet. And as I've stressed, we're we're probably... 
I'd, I'd say 20 years away from that point. But again, I think it's, it's going to happen. And uh, I think that when we get to the point where the technology is proven out, it's going to be awfully hard for some fleets to resist that business model. Let me ask you about something you touched on earlier, and that's technology. Wouldn't implementing much of this technology require training drivers and properly using it and what to expect? I think about another trucking podcast I was listening to recently, and a guy from one company was talking about all the different things their safety systems did as the truck's going down the road. All these different sounding alerts, beeps, double beeps, constant beeps, bings, and other sounds and what they mean. And I got to thinking, this has got to be terribly confusing if you haven't received training about this when it comes to driving a truck with this technology. Or am I completely wrong, Jack? No, you're absolutely right. Uh, Training is a problem across the board. I recently had to take a business trip over to Atlanta, and I had a rental car, and it had a driver assist, a steering assistance program on it. Didn't realize it. Of course, they didn't mention it. And uh, wasn't thinking about it driving down the road. And I thought, what's with this steering wheel? It's trying to jerk me around. And then I realized, of course, okay, there's a steering system on here. And then after a minute, you know, the light bulb went off. And I go, okay, if you put the blinker on when you change lanes, this thing's not going to try and fight you. Um, training is a real issue. These systems are new. They behave differently. They cause the vehicles to, to behave differently uh, in ways that many of the older drivers in particular are not used to. Um, you know, I, I talked to some folks at Volvo a few years ago about their iShift automated transmission, which for them in many ways is the enabler of many of these uh, autonomous systems. The, the transmission in many ways sort of becomes the master computer controlling all of these systems and integrating all the information they're sending in. And, and so, you know, these, these transmissions are packed with features, you know, uh, start assist, hill climb, uh, you know, PTO. There's just all kinds of stuff on there that you can do with them, but they are not intuitive devices. There are no instructions on them. You have to get the manual out and you have to read through and, you know, have to learn how to do these things. So yeah, training is, is lagging behind. I think there's, this general idea that, well, I already know how to drive and this is a safety system, so it's just going to make me safer than I'm already being. And that's sort of true. But as you just indicated, you need to understand what the system is trying to do, what it's been designed to do, and what it is trying to tell you through various dings, beeps, R2-D2 style whistles, so that you as the driver can make the most of, of the efforts that it's trying to make on your behalf and utilize the information it provides to you in the most, in the safest and most efficient way. Last two things I want to ask you about. Aren't there a lot of legal issues that autonomous trucks bring up? And two, back in the 1950s, they said we were going to have flying cars. I still haven't gotten mine yet. I'm a little dubious about the future of autonomous truck technology, Jack. Yeah, there are a lot of legal issues. Um, If a vehicle is in full autonomous mode, Evan, going up the road and there's an accident, uh, who's responsible? The fleet, the driver, the company that made the software that was actually in control of the vehicle at the time? We're with the technology is way, way ahead of sort of the uh, legislative front on this insurance claims, all that. So we're going to have to work that out. You know, the flying car scenario is interesting. We've all been looking for our flying cars for years. But, um, 
you know, flying is hard. You got to have, there's air traffic control, there's other aircraft, there's no real lanes to stick with. This is a little easier for the technology that we have today. And as you know, because we were both in Germany together going uh, down the Autobahn in some three trucks in a platoon that were driving themselves all by themselves up the road, this stuff already works. I mean, this technology is not, um, we're not talking party tricks here. Uh, they can already do this stuff. And we're just waiting on that moment when society decides uh, that it's going to accept this technology and embrace it. And we're also waiting for the technology to get to the point where everyone is confident that it can go out in the real world, go to work, help people be safe, help fleets be more efficient, and just sort of move us into this really um, interesting and astounding future. That is Jack Roberts, Senior Editor for Heavy Duty Trucking Magazine and TruckingInfo.com. Jack, always great to get your perspectives on the different trucking issues. Thank you, Evan. And again, roll tide, beat Auburn, and I look forward to talking to you again in the near future. And by the way, when you're on TruckingInfo.com, Jack's blog's name is Trucking Tech. Just look for it there on the homepage. And by the way, when you're online, you can also visit the PrePass website at PrePass.com and check out the PrePass blog and resources library to read some of the latest about trucking industry issues. While you're there, you can subscribe to this podcast or listen to previous installments, as well as through your favorite podcast service. You can also keep up with PrePass on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. And by the way, if you've got a comment, question, or topic suggestion, shoot us an email at podcast at prepass.com. This has been Eyes on the Road presented by Prepass Safety Alliance, the provider of Prepass Way Station bypass and toll payment services. Prepass also includes informed dashboards for improving safety scores and lowering toll-related costs. I'm Evan Lockridge. Thank you for listening, and remember to keep your eyes on the road. Mm-hmm.